0: Hello and welcome to the Reorg Europe podcast, your weekly roundup of the most interesting trends and developments in performing credit, stressed and distressed, restructuring and post-Reorg in the European and Simeon markets. It's Tuesday, January 30th, and I'm Andrew Ross. Coming up this week, we'll be discussing Norwegian cruise ship operator Hurtigruten, which is looking to refinance its 285 million euro senior secured notes due 2025 with a new private debt instrument. We will then discuss European telecoms provider United Group, which has also recently come to market to refinance existing debt. But first, we're going to delve into French luxury fashion retailer Isabelle Morin, which has caught the attention of a number of hedge funds. Joining me to discuss French fashion retailer Isabelle Morin is distressed editor Robert Schack. Hi, Rob. Isabel Morant's double-digit yield has caught the attention of a number of hedge funds, but many seem wary of getting involved. Why are people struggling to get comfortable with this credit, given the leverage doesn't seem particularly high at around four times? Hi, Andrew.
1: The 8% senior secured notes of Isabel Morant have fallen to around 80 mid on the back of sliding earnings throughout 2023, which has resulted in a 15% plus yield to maturity. That looks enticing in the current market, where a lot of bonds have rallied in secondary recently and spreads in primary keep grinding tighter. But this credit has quite a bit of hair on it, which means the potential downside far outweighs the 15 points of upside. Starting with the leverage, this is far higher than the company presents. Isabel Morant reported 3.9 times post IFRS 16 net leverage based on 77 million LTM September EBITDA. However, the group capitalises its roughly 15 million annual design costs as well as capitalizing its roughly $20 million in annual lease costs at just three times instead of the customary eight times. When stripping these addbacks out, clean LTM EBITDA on a pre-IFRS 16 basis amounts to just $42 million, which means actual net leverage is around the 5.7 times level. At that level, the group's bonds could still be covered in terms of valuation. The average EV EBITDA multiple for peers in the luxury apparel sector is around nine times according to Reorg's analysis. However, they're all substantially larger, with margins hovering around the 25% area, whereas Isabel Morant's pre ifrs 16 margins are around the 17% mark. Most of its peers are also growing faster. As a result, Isabel Morant is potentially worth around eight times at best in terms of its EBITDA valuation. But more importantly, its EBITDA is still on a downward trajectory, given that management has warned that the next two quarters will be weak as well. That means leverage will climb further wiping out the potential equity cushion. If you look at SMCP, which is Isabel Morant's closest peer in terms of size and market niche, its valuation has dropped to just under four times recently, and SMCP had achieved 4% organic sales growth in the year-to-date period to September, whereas Isabel Morant's organic sales fell 8% during this period.
0: Okay, thanks Rob, but isn't Isabel Marant's underperformance down to the wider slump in the luxury sector and wholesalers' stocking to focus on cash management amidst the current uncertain environment? The group seems to have enough liquidity to ride out the downturn given management expects a recovery in the second half of 2024 and should benefit when wholesalers restock?
1: Isabel Marant burned through $32 of cash in the LTM September period but it still had around $41 million of cash and around $5 million available under a refactoring facility. And yes, in theory, once wholesalers restock, the group could see a jump in sales. But management has already pushed back its expectation for a recovery once following a continued drop in wholesale orders, and there are no real indicators yet that a rebound will happen in the second half of this year. More importantly, there are some concerns over whether Isabel Moran still has traction as a brand. The group's clothes and accessories command a high price but are positioned closer to aspirational luxury than in the more recession-proof high-end luxury segment. And Isabel Morant operates in the highly competitive new fashion segment, which involves more edgy design, as opposed to the classic luxury segment, so it's harder to get consistently right. Worryingly, it also seems to be underinvested in terms of branding, spending just 6% of sales on marketing and advertising, compared with around 10% for its larger
0: peers. Thanks, Rob, certainly looks like one to watch. let's turn the page and talk about another topical situation with Luca Rossi, Managing Editor of The Stress Debt in Europe. Luca, you published yesterday a story on the Norwegian cruise ship operator Hurtigruten. What's happening here? Hey, Andrew.
2: So it's mainly two stories. The first is that the hedge fund bought a big piece of the company's term loan. It was around 55 million at the price of 52.54. And the trade happened around one month ago. So now this hedge fund joins other lenders, Invesco, AlbaCore, CVC, Sculpture, Diameter, and Bain Capital.
0: So if I remember correctly, the company announced a deal back a few weeks ago.
2: Yes. In early January, the company announced it got the 100% consensus from its lenders for the recapitalization plan it announced back in December but it did not specify whether they got the consensus of its bondholders to. And without that consensus, the company might need to do a scheme of arrangement to implement the recapitalization deal.
0: And what happens to bondholders as part of that recapitalization
2: deal? That's a good question. Well, basically nothing happens. That's why the company, and that's the other story I mentioned earlier, is considering a second deal, in which it will try to refinance its 285 million senior secure notes due 2025 with a new private instrument. So this instrument will have a different security package. It will be secured by two ships, which are currently part of the term loan collateral, and two other ships, which are now part of the senior secured notes collateral. We also reported that Apollo holds some of these senior secured notes. And we also discovered that Hurtigruten's sponsor, which is TDR Capital, is in negotiations with some investment funds over the subscription of the whole new private debt instrument. Let's see how it plays out.
0: Right. And the company also has 50 million euro senior secured notes due 2025, right? What happens to them?
2: So these senior unsecured notes are expected to be left outstanding for the time being. So the so-called green bond is not going to be touched.
0: Thanks, Luca. United Group returned to the market, raising no less than four bonds to refinance existing debt. This is a big transaction on one of the most followed CMEA names of 2023. Earlier today, I spoke with senior editor Magnus Sherman, and I asked him what we can take away from that deal.
3: Well, I think the first observation is that the primary bond markets in in both Europe and the US are very hot at the moment, Um, but there are also some some more specific things we can point to uh, in, for instance, United Group and EM credit in general. I would say in in 2023, there were a number of these situations where stressed or distressed companies even managed to work their way out of um, tricky situations, and United Group was one of them. In the first two quarters of 2023, United Group was under a lot of pressure because of its uh, pretty weak cash generation and a very, very high leverage. Uh, Some of the bonds the longer dated were in the low 70s and um, there was a lot of uh, nervousness among investors uh, in that company. Then they they turned it around by selling a portfolio of towers for just around 1.2 billion euros. To take care of the um, the short te- the short term bond maturities, and then they came to market last week to uh, refinance a lot of the remaining capital structure. So a really good outcome for creditors who held out in a United Group and believed in that in that um, strategy that management had lined up. In general, in general, across um, some of these EM names that we follow, there was a lot of situations like this where bonds would recover 30, 40 uh, points during last year. Uh, we could look to MHP in Ukraine. Uh, d Energy also recovered nearly 30 points to, f- to the mid-50s. Uh, Cornell had a, a similar rally as well and also in the oil sector toller oil had a, um, uh, a very challenging uh, second and third quarter, but then they managed to raise new money from Glencore at nearly 15% interest. But uh, anyway, they, they started buying back their bonds. And the unsecured bonds had been trading in the low 50s over the summer. So a massive recovery for creditors who held out in that um, because they're getting now near par uh, for, for the bonds that they're selling back to the company. Also in the sovereign space, there were a few big highlights to look at. Uh, Tunisia, uh, repaid its 2023 bond and then they also have a 2024 bond due uh, in a couple of weeks and that recovered uh, more than 30 points last year um, so a, a big success, success story for for creditors there there's also a few more on the on the horizon in in Africa liquid telecoms uh, has declared that they expect to refinance their 2026 bond. Uh, quite soon and that bond is quoted in the low 60s so um, there's still some situations to look at
0: download reorg's European direct lender rankings for 2023 and reorg's CMEA credit wrap available on reorg.com forward/reports or through the link provided in the podcast description. More information on all the situations and events discussed in this podcast are available on our website, reorg.com. We hope you can join us next week for another Reorg Europe podcast. Until then, have a great week and thank you very much for listening.